welcome to season two of I'm Just Old Darling. Hello, kia ora, mailo. My name's Michelle, I'm the host of I'm Just Older Darling, a series of conversations with members of our communities who are sometimes referred to as elders, their stories, their words. This interview is with Laming, who is currently a professor at the University of Auckland. I'm Laming, Laming Cheng. I've been working at the university, oh, all, nearly all my, my, my working life and I've managed to make it up the ranks of professor and I'm proud to sort of say that I'm the first Chinese full professor at the medical school in the University of Auckland. <laughs> and I am surprised that I didn't do it because I, I wanted sort of push back the barriers for other sort of Chinese women or that I, I just did it because that was just part of me climbing up my career. Um, but I am surprised that since getting that title, if you like, there are so many other Chinese women who come to me and ask for help and guidance and to get to where I am and yet I I didn't sort of do it for 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 that it, it was just this is what you know this is what happens when when you stick at the university for 45 years <laughs> you get there in the end <laughs> so what's your everyday job title professor what is the area that you research my interest is in immunotherapy for cancer that is my, my main area of, of research and that stems from doing a PhD in immunology. And what's that to the layman? The immune system is our natural, um, the body's natural um, tools for getting rid of foreign bacteria and as well as foreign cells and cancer cells because of their genetic changes and their, they are viewed as foreign as well and so the immune system has the capacity to get rid of those cancer cells and we just have to understand how to enhance or sort of take advantage of our own immune system to, to try and fight off the cancer. And there has been a very recently some very good breakthroughs that sort of um, made it in the headlines and put Pharmac in, in, into a very difficult position because each injection costs over a hundred thousand dollars. Now for the big question, um, how do you feel being referred to as an elder and do you consider yourself as an elder? I don't think you were the first one to, think, <laughs> to make me think about that question and I was very surprised at, at that because no, I didn't think I was an elder in two ways. I mean, you can have an, well, when I read the word elder, there were two, two pictures in my mind. One is that, um, that famous painting from a US painter of somebody's mother or grandmother in a rocking chair by the fire. That's not my life. <laughs> and the other um, area where you might use the 
the word elder is with the um, Māori community, where the elders are the ones that they respect and have all the control and the history and, and knowledge like that. And I suppose because having been born in China and then sort of came over here and this that, and the other, I don't know really who I am. I mean, I don't relate to the Chinese from China now. I don't speak their language. I don't have the same views. And at the same time, I know I'm not a, a white Kiwi. <laughs> what have you noticed has changed with age and how you've been treated? Not, not really. I mean, you do things according to, as you climb up the career ladder, you just do the things that is required of your career. Um, and I, I think if you sort of just take on different roles and, and do different things, it's not so much a change. It, it's more a development um, to keep up with demands of the career. So I don't think I've changed, but you, you just have to do different things as you progress <laughs> in the <laughs> university. <laughs> How visible do you feel in your communities and who are your communities? I think I'm invisible for many reasons. I mean, A, when I got together with my partner 40 years ago, and because he was not Chinese, we don't have many social activities. So in terms of sort of visibility and social activities outside the university. He's also upstairs at the university and has spent his whole life in the university in the ivory towers as well. So in terms of community, it is just the university, um, which isn't healthy. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I've lost all my Chinese friends. Well, I've not lost them, but I'm no longer hanging out with with the predominantly sort of Chinese, New Zealand Chinese crowd. Um, and I suppose we don't have a big social crowd. So in that way, we're invisible. And we always sort of say, oh, we're going to retire there and then we'll join this club and we'll join that club and we will, you know, but at the moment, I think we're both invisible. <laughs> and the other thing that makes us invisible also is that we never had children. And I think a lot of people sort of make their adult friends through being on the parent-teacher boards <laughs> and things like that and meeting at school and, and, and their kids' sort of parents and things like that. So that's one great big area of, of um, that we never embraced either. What was it like growing up in New Zealand and did you feel accepted in the wider community? I think it was more that when I was growing up, the Chinese wanted to retain their Chineseness for when they're able to go back to China. Um, and so, my father certainly did not allow me to have 
Kiwi friends. We certainly were not allowed to date Kiwi boys. <laughs> um, so we had to sort of grow up not being part of the Kiwi, white Kiwi society. So whether or not I was accepted is, is sort of secondary. I think it was more that I was not allowed to be like everybody else. I mean, I tried to. I mean, in my teen years, I dyed my hair, tried to get dye my hair blonde, and I painted my eyes sort of round and big and black, and I ended up looking like a panda, <laughs> more Chinese than... <laughs> <laughs> a greater Chinese icon than I was. <laughs> um, but I, I think it was more that my parents wanted us to try and remain Chinese and so, and kept us indoors, inside, <laughs> and away from boys. <laughs> Tell me a couple of things that you like and admire about West Auckland? Well, I haven't been in West Auckland very long. It's only the last, when I started becoming an elder, if you like, I'm my, I grew up. In the very beginning, we were in Mangri and Papatoe when, when I first came as, as, five, as a five-year-old, because that was where my parents' um, fruit shops were. Um, but then when Dad had to sell the fruit shop because he developed cancer at a very young, young age, um, we, we lived in Howick, sort of the seaside village kind of thing, hoping that he could get better and fight the cancer and, and, and so forth. Um, and that was very, very white. Yeah, and so that was where I grew up. And it wasn't until I then, and during my, my university days, it wasn't until I came back and got my job in, in University of Auckland that I met Brian at work. <laughs> um, and he was a Westie boy, uh, born and bred, and he wanted to sort of be in, in, in West Auckland, to be close to his, his, his mother who was, he lost his father at, at uh, young, you know, as well, through a heart attack. And just, um, he was the oldest and felt responsible looking up to, to look after his mother. And so he had to sort of live in West Auckland. Um, but I think it's only sort of light, lately through the web that I realise it, it, it's a nice community because of the multi-national, multi-cultural, um, multi-cultures that, that there is there. Because when I go to the badminton club to play, the white faces are very, <laughs> there's the Korean club, there's the Indian club. <laughs> um, and I mean, even though we're, we're just the Teatro 2 club, um, and you go to a supermarket, the number of Asian faces, yes, it's multicultural. Yeah. But I, I am surprised, and, and in some ways, when, when I, I do sort of get sort of the younger Chinese women come, coming up to me and, and, and sort of 
and they seem to look up to me now that I'm full professor and and the first one here. Um, it it makes me proud, um, but I'm not sure. Asking me, you know, that I I could actually give them advice. I mean, I I just say follow what you want to do and follow your heart, your interests, which is what I basically do. I was interested in immunology, and I just stuck with it. I persevered, but it was in an area that I enjoyed. And and you don't do it um, to try and, and, and get titles and, and just just follow what, what you enjoy. And if a door opens and it's what you want to do, you go through that door. And that's just basically what I've done my whole life. <laughs> I'm leaving and I'm just older, darling. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was episode two of I'm Just Older, Darling with Lei Ming. This was brought to you by Same Same But Black. Thank you.